The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. As Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home in terrible distress. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion answered him, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, with soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard him, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and sit at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. As we enter into this season of Advent, we begin our readings uh, here on this first Monday of Advent uh, with looking at one of these figures from the Gospel who has this kind of surprising faith. It's a faith that you wouldn't expect, uh, so the people that you would expect the faith from seem to lack it, and those where you wouldn't expect the faith, sometimes they seem to have it. And so you have the example of this centurion. We think also of the Syrophoenician woman and we think of the, uh, the Samaritan woman at the well as well. All of these souls who recognize and are brought to recognition of Christ, who treat him with great reverence, who have great confidence in his power, who have faith in his ability to do these things, but also perceive in him not only his power, but also his merciful heart. And so you have this centurion who approaches the Lord. As we've said before, he represents in a certain sense Christ the Good Shepherd, we know that the parable of the Good Shepherd, where the Lord says the Good Shepherd leaves the 99 and goes in search of the one, so also a centurion is literally someone who has charge over a hundred. And we can see here that he goes in search of the one. He wants to have the one healed. So he cares for the individual and as much as he cares for the whole. He shows great love, great mercy. We can also see the lengths that he will go in love for the healing of his servant. As we've said before, the servant would have been someone in that society who would have been completely neglected, but not for this centurion. He takes his servant's pain as his own. He feels it as his own. And when he is in the presence of the Lord, he asks nothing for himself, only for the other. And so what we see in this centurion, we can tell why the Lord is so amazed at him in the certain sense, why the Lord marvels at his faith because he is full of faith, he is full of mercy, he is full of love. And so the Lord sees himself in this centurion. And so this centurion comes to the Lord, he acknowledges again the power and the beauty of the presence of Christ. He knows that this petition must be made in his presence. And so he makes the petition at the feet of Christ. 
We can see also that he understands that level of human authority. He speaks about being under authority. Obviously, his ultimate authority in an earthly sense is Caesar. But we can see that he also recognizes the limits of human authority and power. He doesn't bring this petition to Caesar. He knows that this is beyond Caesar. And in it being beyond Caesar, he comes to the feet of the one whom it is not beyond, Christ himself. He calls Christ Lord, acknowledging with reverence his power and authority. But his prayer is very beautiful. He says, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home in terrible distress. He simply presents the need to the Lord. He trusts that he can bring human need and present it before the Savior, and it will be resolved. He doesn't tell the Lord what to do. He doesn't tell the Lord how to fix it. He simply entrusts the need to his mercy. What I was noticing last night is that his prayer is similar to other figures in Scripture, but particularly Our Lady. This is the way in which she deals with her son when she presents petitions before him. They have no wine. That's it. She simply presents human need before the Savior, entrusting to his mercy that need, knowing that he will resolve it. It shows a deep knowledge of Christ. Obviously, Our Lady knows him better than anyone. She knows that by presenting human need and suffering to her son, he will resolve it. She also acts in the same way because she is so like God that God simply has to present to Our Lady human need. Your cousin is with child. That's it. And Our Lady moves with haste up into the hill country to go and meet that human need. She operates like God operates. She works with mercy. When she has human need and suffering presented to her, she rushes to fulfill it. But we can see here this centurion imitating her prayer, imitating her type of prayer. Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home in terrible distress. And he presents it in confidence before the merciful Savior. He doesn't demand anything of justice. In fact, he says he is unworthy of this grace. I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. And so again, it is not a petition of justice, but of mercy. We also see, just to come to a, kind of bring it to a conclusion as well, we've seen that he loves the presence of Christ and acknowledges the dignity of the one who is present on earth and walks upon the face of the earth. But he also has great confidence in the power of his word. You have only to say the word and my servant will be healed. And so in this season of Advent, may we pray for the grace to increase in our faith and confidence in Christ as this centurion did, that we will both reverence the presence of Christ, who is present to us here in the Blessed Sacrament, but also pray for the grace of increased confidence in his word and the power of that word to transform and to heal we have interpreted this word as well in the liturgy 
Say but the word, and my soul shall be healed. That the Lord is able to do for our soul so much more than he was able to do for that servant. He restored the servant to health naturally, but by his word he restores our soul to health, specifically through the words that are spoken through the sacraments, baptism, confession, and our soul is restored by the word of God to health and grace. In that way, we can also then express our love for Christ as we do in that moment at the Mass, right before Holy Communion. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Amen. <laughs>